0: Chicago, where the fire serves cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The Bulls keep it running, the socks run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move,
1: and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the
0: show with E Rock and Big Z.
1: Welcome everybody to the newest edition of the TCSF podcast. This is episode seven. Trying to become pros at this, don't you think? A little bit. Yeah. As always, I'm Big Z. I'm here with E Rock. What up, E? What's going on, man? What do we got going on today, man? Uh,
2: well, I would definitely say we are professionals. I'll agree with you with that. Um, uh, we have a special guest this week. His name is Tom Geiger. He is the Glenview Stars 19U assistant coach. Uh, we'll talk to him about his new position on the Glenview Stars women's hockey team. And he'll provide some analysis to a couple of hockey novices uh, as to what's going on with this Blackhawks playoff run.
1: Yeah, maybe you can break down what really is offsides, because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but first, let's talk some baseball. This is our newest segment. It's called Three Up and Three Down.
1: I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes,
2: out. All right, we're going to talk about three good things and three bad things about our favorite baseball teams. First up, Z.
1: What do you got for your White Sox? Give me some, something to listen to. Some good nuggets. Some good nuggets. All right, for the good. Tim freaking Anderson. What a leader. This guy has a bat. He went, uh, what, is it, four for five, almost had a cycle mm-hmm. uh, on his first day back. I mean, uh, uh, he's just a beast. We knew that he was a de- beast on, on the defensive side, and this past two years, his offensive production has been... Untouchable on the shortstop. I mean, you, you can compare him to, to Javi on the north side and you can compare him to Tatis right now who's leading the National League in home runs. Uh, you, you've you got a uh, an all-star in the making. He should be an all-star and he should uh, be competing for a batting title pretty soon. I
2: mean, he's got to be the face of the team at this point.
1: Oh, yeah, him, him and Keiko. Yeah. Right? Which, which leads me to point number two here. The starting pitching has been pretty good. Giolito and Dallas Keiko. Giolito's uh, batting average against him is... Point two two eight, which is pretty good. You know, they're hitting two twenty eight against them, which is really good. And then you got Dallas Keiko who's stepped up as the veteran and leader.
2: Leader this quick from not being on the team very
1: long. No, no, and he's he, you know he said, "I'm going to call out these players because mm-hmm. these guys showed up at Detroit, and yeah, you guys showed up late, but you're professionals. Guess mm-hmm. what? Every game counts. It's yeah. a sixty game season, and every game counts. You Absolutely. cannot dog it. Yep. There's no way. So when he called out the the players. And uh, and uh, we'll play the clip right after I finish this uh, little comment here, but Tim Anderson and James McCann, who are the veterans on this team, stood with Dallas Keuchel. Now, here's the issue with that. Some people might say, well, he called everybody out in the media. That's not the truth. He went over to everybody in the locker room, kicked out Renteria and said, I need to talk to the guys. Mm-hmm. And told everybody to their face, this is what I think, this is the issue, and it's got to be f-.
2: Well, he he stepped up. He stepped up to the plate and told the guys first, firsthand, to their face, and then he went to the media and said what he said to them.
1: So I give him a lot of
2: respect for that.
1: That's the correct way to do it. Don't you, don't call out your teammates through the media. Tell them to their face. And you got it. You got it. Go you, you got a guy that. Won a World Series. Yeah. You know,
2: Cy Young winner and World Series winner. Granted, the team that he won the World Series with is in a lot of trouble right now. But right. yeah, besides but, the yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like he's well-respected and uh, and he's World Series winner. So bringing in a veteran like that, you know, that's the kind of guy that these
1: young guys need. All right, we'll listen to the clip. I
0: would have liked to see the team play better tonight, especially after kind of a, a, a defeating loss last night with, with Giolito and Bieber going at it. I mean, we just came out flat, and I feel like we just stayed flat the whole game. We got some guys coming out and, and taking professional at bats, being professional on the mound, and, and doing what it takes to win. We got some guys kind of going through the motions, so we need to clean. We need to clean a lot of things up. You know, if we want to be in this thing at the end of the season, we're gonna have to start that now. All right.
1: So, uh, like we said, we already covered the clip. You guys heard it firsthand. You can give us your your impression. You know, send us a, a, a an email, or a comment on our Facebook on our uh, Instagram, on our new Twitter account. Send us a message, tell us what you think. Do you agree with him? Do you not agree with him? And then for my third point, my boy Ozzy Guillen. <laughs> oh boy, I love me some Ozzy. I love that post game and pre game show. He's over here calling Swisher again. Yep. So if you guys didn't hear it, we'll play this clip and uh, you can uh, decide for yourself. Talking
0: about Nick Swisher, one day Nick Swisher have a bubble head thing. Bubblehead day. Nick Switcher, bubble head day. Nick Swisher, bubble head day. And he comes to Juan Uribe, he goes, hey Juan! Look at what I got! And Juan he said, "Yeah, you see the uh, outside? I got a statue. I
2: got hit myself like this, hitting <laughs> catching the ball with the window washer. You don't. How about
1: that one?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Swisher's over here happy because he got a bobblehead, mm. and I actually have that bobblehead because I went to that game, and I hate Nick Swisher. Yeah, So it's just there because I have all White Sox memorabilia. So but...
2: he's not the only one. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's over here talking to Uribe like, hey, look at me. I got a bobblehead. And Uribe's like, hey, bro, go outside. You see that big old statue? I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. He's He was a weird dude. Oh, my God. No one liked him. No. No one liked him. Towards the end of the season, that season where he was on there on the team, Ozzy wasn't talking to him. A lot of players stopped talking to him. Yeah. I mean, he had to go. So so if that's your good, what's your bad? My bad. Uh injuries. You know, the injuries are really playing the White Sox. And and uh, you know, now we got Tim back, but Lurie's out with uh the thumb injury. He, he was pretty hot. He was doing great at second uh shortstop, I'm sorry. Uh Rodon is still hurt, Lopez is still hurt, Madrigal. He, he you ask for him to be brought up and then he gets hurt right and then away. they brought him up yeah and yeah. then he gets hurt right away yeah so i mean i mean that's just you know bad luck that's just bad luck for players um number two lineup i'm old school i'm yeah. old school if i'm playing i want to know that i'm going to be playing around the same spot in the, in the lineup day in and day out right if i'm number two today and then my coach moves me down to number seven, that's gonna mess with my psyche either. This feels very Joe Madden-esque. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Guys are, especially baseball players, they're creatures of habit. So if you're doing one thing one day and then you stop doing it the other day, it gets in your head and you're like, oh, this is why I'm not playing well. Right. So now it's not more of a mental thing. And that's harder to fix than right. the physical. And then three, run differential. Now this is gonna get a little uh, numberish, but I run differential right now is a negative one, which means we've scored one run less than they we've allowed. Minnesota is plus 23. The Yankees are plus 17. Colorado plus 28. The Dodgers plus 36. Good Lord. Your favorite. Yeah, my my second for every team. Uh, And then the Dodgers, (laughs) I mean the Dodgers, the, uh, uh, excuse me, the uh, uh, San Diego's uh, Padres plus 19. Now, if you look at all those teams, what do they have in common?
2: You tell me. First place. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, ideally where you want to be, especially in a season like this. Now, yeah. don't forget, yeah. we have we do have a lot of teams going to the postseason. You do have, we do, yeah, the do. first and the
1: second two but wild cards. If I run differentials French a negative one, and we're going to play Minnesota or the Yankees, oh, they're, you're going to get smoked, right? You're going to get smoked because the game, the name of the game, is to outscore your opponent, right? And if we can't do that right now during the regular season, you're not going to do that in the playoffs, right? All right, so that wraps it up for me on the, on the, on the south side. So,
2: um, so I mean, when we look at the Cubs. Uh, my first. Good thing about them is a great record. I mean, right now we're looking at this is Thursday night, right? Yeah, Thursday. Too. We, yeah. we literally just watched uh, Darvish, unfortunately, <sighs> not get the no-no that he was looking for. But they but, got the win.
1: They got what's important. He got the win.
2: But you have a great record, and you're beating the teams that you should be beating. Yes. Now, granted, you didn't get to play your rivals because mm-hmm. you know they can't stay at the casino, but you're doing it with both good offense and you're doing it with great starting pitching. Yes. You're looking at, like I said, Darvish. You're Hendricks Lester all professionals um chatwood had that that slip up but one bad game that's okay he he was doing good um you know and that was only that was the only really bad starting pitching game when they got blown out but that's gonna happen every one of those pitches
1: is gonna have one hiccup
2: and that's okay and we didn't expect much out of him to begin with right you know um number two is kipnis fitting right in chicago kid he has a 364 average he slid right into the line of luck he actually belongs with the team and he only signed a minor league deal, and he's already paying off dividends. And he fits in so well that uh, Rizzo even gave him a hard time about what happened in, uh, in 2016. What,
1: what do you mean he gave him a hard time? I mean,
2: what did he bring up? Uh, well, you could you listen to this <laughs> real quick. Put
1: those into words, and there's just always
0: bits and pieces that come back to you. And I've already had Rizzo walking me through where oh, I celebrate <laughs> <you're> <laughs> Celebrating, I'm like, thanks, buddy, I
1: get it. Come on, really? It's <laughs> hey, like i rubbing it in. You got to do it. You got to do it. I mean, I, I, but, but what that means is
2: that they're true teammates. If you can rib somebody and you can give them a hard time about something like that, that means that you fit in and you, and you exactly are you're you're accepted, team. yes, sir. Um, for number three, I'll say Rossi, David Ross. I mean, so far so good. We didn't know what to expect uh, from a guy who won with this team, and he's making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a home run contest to hit carbo- cardboard cutouts. During the Cardinal COVID layoff, <laughs> which was, you know, we talk about Joe Maddenesque, that was there. Um, but uh, you weren't playing at all. You know, you couldn't play. So mm-hmm. what did they do during practice? They did something silly, and I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, this is uh, they took a page out of uh, out of uh, Madden's playbook with doing some te- some kind of te- team building. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm over stuttering. Yeah, some type of team building that uh, actually does help. Uh, uh, As a teacher myself, I do that. Team building, it does build uh, camaraderie, especially when you got a couple of new guys in there, Mm -hmm. make them feel part of the group. And you're doing something silly, everybody's having fun. It brings a team together. Right? David Ross is, what, a catcher? So usually the catcher is the smartest player on the field.
2: He's the one guy that can see the whole field through the whole game. He's standing right there. He's controlling
1: the pitcher, he's controlling the defense. So usually that's the smartest guy. Now, you have a real smart guy, a veteran of baseball, Who's taken over a veteran team, mm-hmm. which he played on? But, that makes a big difference. He's and, already got but, relationships. But, but that was the
2: concern: was that yes, he did have the relationships. Is Rizzo going to pay attention to him? Contreras mm-hmm. and him didn't see eye to eye because Contreras thought he should be the man, but Rossi was the man, and they held, you know, they carried him off and all that stuff. Right, and that's because Lester wanted him there. Right, you know, and that's because Theo had a relationship with him in Boston. So here's the thing: who was the voice,
1: the leader, on the 2016 Cubs? Who was the most veteran guy? It was the data Ross. Right, right. So, so if you're going to say, oh, are, are the Cubs going to listen to him? Yeah, they're going to listen yeah. to him. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, but the, that was the concern. A guy that you played with, are you going to listen to him? You know what I mean? As a manager. Right. It's different when, like, you know, your peers tells you, hey, shape up. And it's different when you're like, dude, you were just one of my buddies. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't talk to me like that. So it's different. When, when, when one of I your buddies becomes say. your boss, you know, say. you yeah. kind of mess up there.
1: But at the same time, how many World Series does he have? Well, you know, look,
2: he's a winner. We know that, and right. we hope we hope to continue. Um, I got a couple bad things though. Oh, um, Kimbrel, who? Uh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that used to have a beard. You know, the guy that used to have a beard. Yeah. You know, we can't tell what Samsung and uh, Samsung, <laughs> Samsung. And the you know what I mean? Like uh, we don't know where the sor- source of his power was, but like I said before. He, last time he was really good was in Atlanta and that's all I want I don't even want to go any
1: further than that because I am tired it's like they put a wanted sign with a picture of him and his beard and he shaved his beard outside. they wouldn't Look, find him
2: since we've always had a problem with closers yeah. we had to go out and get Chapman then they had Wade Davis then yes. they went and got uh, your boy from the Dodgers who never even really saw the field with the Cubs because he was injured the whole time man Hey,
1: what happened? <laughs> you gotta edit that out.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, your, your boy who was uh, Brandon Morrow, who was mm-hmm. injured the whole time, Right. okay? Though, So they were scrambling, they brought in Kimbrel. And this whole time you have not had a closer that made it work, and this is gonna be a problem, okay? Um, number two, being stuck in a division with the stupid Cardinals and not being able to play. We're looking at Cardinals record, who is second place right now based mm-hmm. on record, and they're like two and three. And the Cubs are what, 12 and four, 13 and four, or whatever it is? Right. I mean, come on. Can we just kick the Cardinals out already? I, I, I'm i sick of being, because guess what's happening now? Yep. It's affecting my team. And who else is it affecting? It's affecting my it's team. It's affecting your team. I
1: don't want them here if they, they've got some cases.
2: Because it's not only affecting them, but it might infect them. Right. Right. And guess who they're
1: playing right after us?
2: All right, us again? Yep. Great. I can't wait. I can't wait. And that, kick them out already. Just say, you know what, Cardinals, stay home, go to the casino all you want. Have your little COVID parties and just leave us alone. No, you know, I it's, agree. I agree. It's, and the one good thing is that the Cubs were able to bounce back and uh, start back, uh, start right back where they left off and they beat Cleveland and they scored uh, you know, a bunch of runs in both in, in the games that they played against them. Yeah, they played you know, very well. They, you know, um, number three. KB. KB. It's got to be KB. I mean, you look at what he's done. He's looking at a 196 average for the
1: year. Mm-hmm.
2: Two home runs. This is a guy that they almost traded for, and they I mean, they almost traded. Uh, Arenado for Arenado. That
1: would have been a great trade, hundred percent.
2: And I said that before. That's the guy. I mean, I, I would would, but he has four ribbies. Okay, nine runs just from being on the Cubs.
1: And without a lineup today.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, come on. You know what? Wh- what are you supposed to do with this guy?
1: I don't know. Bring his fly his dad in so he can fix his swing again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let, let him let him go play in Vegas again. Maybe he just really wanted to be with Harper, and he's still like you know sad about it. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I'll, I will uh, say I did have one kind of uh, 3B, and that was, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, not a good thing. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do with Q when he
1: comes back? You got to put him in a bullpen. He, I mean. got to ease, ease him in. Has he ever been a bullpen guy? No. Okay. Put him in
2: long relief then. You're going to have to because that was Chatwood's role.
1: Right. So right. they just got two guys to switch. So. You got to see what he has. You can't just put him in a starting role and be like, hey, here
2: you go. Well, because then what you do is chat with Chatwood? You have five starters. Because Alec Mills has been decent too. Right. You know what I mean? So you can't, what are you
1: supposed to do? You got to do something. You got to put him in long relief, see what he can do for us.
2: So I'm going to call you out right now. Oh, boy. Because you forgot one thing. Uh-oh. You forgot one thing. What did I forget? Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man.
2: Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> you know who's, who's Spider-Man, bro? <laughs> oh. Talk to me about
1: Spider-Man. You, Eloy? Yeah, man. He loves that net, bro. He loves the net. He loves the wall.
0: I got a bad feeling about this.
1: I mean, this man is just running all over the place. He needs to... uh, That's why they pulled him out of the lineup the next day. I'm just like, dude. Let me tell you something. I watched
2: Alfonso Soriano in the outfield. Mm
1: -hmm. He's terrible. Always terrible, yes. Okay. Snapping of the glove. I
2: watched (laughs) (laughs) watched Schwarber in the outfield. Now, I'll be fair Mm -hmm. because Ideal called me out. Ideal from the All Net podcast called me out and said Schwarber's gotten much better. He's gotten, he's better. gotten, well, he's gotten much better than he was. Oh yeah. 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 1000%. But then, then I saw Eloy in yeah, the outfield he's bad. And I says, man, he's bad. He makes Schwarber look like an all-star. He sure does. It's
1: amazing. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's get off this. Let's get off this, man. It's going to make me upset, <laughs> make me really upset, but the boy can hit. Yeah. All right. The boy can hit. All right. Uh, let's take a pause for the cause, and we'll be right back. Uh, we'll talk to our guest today. Our guest today is Tom Geiger. He is uh, our a hockey guru. Our hockey
2: guru, because we're a couple of novices, and we're just really trying to figure it out. All right, this is the True Chicago
1: Sports Fans Podcast. Stay tuned. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three, strike, you're out. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, TCSF with E, Rock, and Big Z. Eddie. Let's talk about these Blackhawks, brother.
2: Well, last episode on our overtime segment, which can be found on YouTube, we talked about uh, what the Hawks had to do in order to advance past the Oilers, which they did. Right. Uh, I don't think either one one of us will sit here and claim to be hockey experts. What we did was we found a guy that is a hockey expert. Our guest today is going to be Tom Geiger. He's an assistant coach for the 19U Glenview Stars women's hockey team. He was also a JV coach and assistant coach for Notre Dame's high school hockey program. And he joins us today to talk about his new role with the Glenview Stars and give us some analysis on the Blackhawks' current playoff run. What's cool. up, Tom? Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. All
2: right, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your uh, your hockey background.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been playing since I was a kid. kind of grew up in Franklin Park where I kind of met, met you, Eddie. I'm a coordinator over at uh, the Park District for the Mike program. I also – I uh, just got finished up with a couple years at Notre Dame college prep coaching uh, the high school level. I've coached travel house played a little bit at uh, Illinois state when I was there and uh, spent some time with uh, the Chicago steel and their uh, hockey, hockey operations, part of their, their program. And And now I'm moving on to uh, some girls hockey because I have a dog that, that plays and uh, I'd like to contribute to the game.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have uh... Had a couple of co-workers that I worked with that were real big into uh hockey and uh he had a son and a daughter and and the daughter took took to the hockey much more than the son so that was it's it's always nice to see like these girls sports you know uh another thing I'll say about Tom is that he also uh, helps to coach the uh the Vipers softball teams with me and uh uh kind of the same um program there with 8U and 10U and 12U and and uh So, I I knew who I wanted to talk to when we started getting to hockey stuff. Glad we could reach out to an actual expert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're both sitting here with our Blackhawks hats on, and we saw the end of the game today. Um, This is the Thursday game. So, we watched them surprise a lot of people by being able to get past Edmonton, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, when they played Edmonton the first couple of games, they they started fast and
0: hot. I didn't expect them to get past Edmonton, but uh, this Vegas team, they, they have a little bit more jam than the Blackhawks do, so they play, you know, a, a team game, whereas, you know, Chicago kind of relies a little heavily on their uh, their their they're, elite,
1: they're spars, yeah. elite
0: players, yeah. So w- why
1: isn't uh, Kane that effective right now? I mean, he had a pretty good game today, but as far as the Emmonson series, he's pretty, he was pretty absent that game, uh, series.
0: Yeah, you know, um, that's 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 sport, right? You know, you got your your ups and your downs, and that's why the team game becomes such a, a huge necessity. I mean, Kane had what is it, three assists today? So, I Correct. mean, he's he's contributing, uh, no, yeah, you know, some points, he's making plays, but. It's just not finding the back of the net for him. And what mm-hmm. I think specifically is wrong for, with the Blackhawks, just in general, is is they've got a lot of offensive talent, and they're just trying to do a little bit too much. On paper, uh, I mean, I think uh, offensively they're the superior team to to the Knights, okay. but I think that they're just not simplifying enough.
1: So, so from a untrained eye and watching the Blackhawks, uh, what I'm seeing when on offense is they're trying to set up a beautiful play instead of. If I'm open and I have a shot, take it. Is, is exactly. does, does that, I mean, that's, that's what I'm seeing with the naked mm-hmm. eye. You guys saw, you had somebody coming in on the right side about to, you know, to shoot. And then he thinks about it and then passes it into traffic to try to get a, a, right. a perfect pass. And yeah. just doing a little bit too much Right. with the Edmonton series, you know, they, they see open ice and they're taking shots and putting the pressure back on the goalie. That's what well, that's I'm what, seeing. Go ahead.
0: Let's put it like this: the, the three goals that the Blackhawks did end up scoring today, mm-hmm. uh, they scored within five seconds of entering the zone. They scored mm-hmm. off the rush. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously they 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 were entering the zone with numbers. They had good lanes, and they had multiple layers to their entry, so, and that was throwing the the Golden Knights' defensemen off, you know. And, and okay. a quick play to the net. Don't hesitate. Throw the puck to the net. Anybody who watches listens to Eddie O. Mm-hmm. He says good things happen when you put the puck on net, and All I right. watched the. I actually got to watch the first period, and there is at least two or three times Eddie Olchek call out mentioning that uh, they passed up on a couple prime opportunities to just get the puck to the net, and that's one thing that's missing for them.
1: It seems like when they're off, is that they're on the offensive side trying to score, and it seems like there's twelve guys on the defense because. They're trying to set up these plays, and they're not going anywhere. And then they they have a turnover, and now the other team has numbers, and they're they're putting pressure on Crawford. And yes, yeah. our defense isn't that great, but at the same time, if you have a goalie who's barely coming back, is not really—I—I—I I, I wouldn't say he's back to normal shape and, and used to get taking all these uh, shots against him. Well, I don't—I don't think he can stand on his head all well, day. Well, because
2: the thing is, is a lot of
1: people forget that Corey Crawford had COVID,
2: right? And he was coming back in the Edmonton series. He came back. He really didn't get much ice time. Now you know, being a goalie, you don't need ice time as much as you did if you were playing offense or defense.
0: Me, me personally, I think Crawford is an elite goalie. Yeah, I would, I would, I would put him in top ten for sure. He's a little unorthodox in his style, his mechanics aren't the cleanest but he is a gamer mm-hmm. I've always said that about him The one thing that I can tell from him is that you know is aside from having COVID he's got awful defense you're a little kind to them their team defense is brutal
1: yeah I saw I saw that one of the goals that they, they were they were moving the uh, Knights were moving the puck around and they got behind the net and then the defenseman left he stopped guarding somebody he stopped marking him yeah and, and the guy just moved right in front of Corey and the pass went right in front of him and just shot in front of Corey and got the goal and it's like simple things like that. And, and Eddie also pointed it out. It's like,
0: you cannot leave a guy unmarked in front of the net. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's three of the four goals that they scored tonight came from the back door where, where, uh, you know, the, the, the team defense, because there was actually three guys around the net for all three of those goals, got caught puck watching the mm-hmm. strong side yes. and left the yeah. guy on the doorstop wide, wide open.
1: Yeah. What I seen was, uh, and, I, and I noted this down was there's 19 goals against in five games. That's oh. almost four goals a game. I don't think you can win a hockey series when you're getting sco- f- scored four goals against you. Yep. Not in playoff hockey.
0: Yeah, I mean, coming into the series, Crawford had a, a goals uh, excuse me a save percentage below 900. You know, for an elite goalie, you want to be somewhere around the 930 range, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was coming in sub 900. That's just not typical for him. And and for me, I think he, he's not necessarily trusting his his defense as much. And as a coach, you know, I, I tell my players when they, they have trust issues from people not doing their job, listen, you've got to do your job. Uh, you start trying to compensate for them. And I think that's what he did on the second goal tonight is uh, he was a little deep in his net. That's why, what's it called, Nosek was able to bury it under his arm. Mm-hmm. He just, he, he was off his angle.
1: Right. That was that, that uh, goal that went right between like his armpit,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like a, a partial two-on-one. And Nosek was coming up the right side. He was cheating by by being deep in his net, so he can get over to the other side and cover the pass quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just that just left him susceptible to uh, too much net open on him. And you know he, he didn't have enough reaction time to uh, stop that puck. Right. It's one he should have had.
1: So so Tom, let's say we we insert you and you're the head coach of the Blackhawks. How do you fix this?
0: Hmm. Oh man, <laughs> uh, fixing this. No, I, no I, Honestly, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm probably changing the defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to be looking for more guys like Drake Kuchula, uh mm-hmm. to, okay. to fill the bottom six for me. One of their big issues and kind of an issue I have with Bowman a little bit is that he, he kind of drafts all the same player and go goes for yeah. the same player. Yes. One of the things that the Blackhawks is is lacking is dimension. You know, there's three there's there's three lines of defense and there's four lines of forwards. Um, for a reason, you know. Every line has to be able to do um, uh, something different and play a different role and add dimension to your game. There's just not enough sandpaper and grit um, in this lineup. And I think the first thing I would do is knock on Bowman's door and be like, get me some sandpaper.
2: It's all it's all finesse.
0: It is, yep, it's all finesse.
2: So let me, let me ask you this, with uh, Robin Leonard being on the Hawks to start the season and getting traded over to Vegas, wh- how much of an advantage does he have you know, knowing these players and playing with them the season.
0: You know what? Not as much as they have the advantage on him. I mean, honestly, what it comes down to where you might find yourself with an advantage is maybe a you know, a breakaway or a one on one knowing someone's tendencies, but with the speed of the game, there's no way any of that really comes into play until it becomes, you know, one person with the goalie. At least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What the real advantage is the players knowing exactly what his weaknesses are. So if he's got, you know, a slow, slow glove hand or you know, a heavy blocker, whatever it is, or if he gets rattled when you, you you know you shoot up around his head early in the game, all that stuff comes into play, and they have got that those notes on him, so it's really more advantage Chicago in my opinion.
2: So, right now, this is a recording on Thursday night. Uh, we're already down zero uh, um, mm-hmm. two. The, the first the first game, the Knights just kind of beat the start out of us a bit, and uh, this last game they took it uh, into overtime and they lost. Now, a lot of the the national pundits, you even have um, um, PB PB from uh, – uh, Oh, Pat Boyle. Pat Boyle. Couldn't remember his name right off the bat. Even Pat Boyle says, yay, hey, they're going to get swept. I mean, that that's kind of what the consensus was for a lot of guys. I mean, you're talking about basically a team that would not have been in the playoffs if it wasn't for the fact that we had that long break. Um, yeah. Do you think by the time we're going to publish this on Monday, okay, we have two back-to-back games uh, this weekend. Is there any way that we are staying still playing hockey after this weekend?
0: Honestly, I'm I'm expecting Jonathan Taves to, to wake up a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he, he had a good first series, but he hasn't showed up this series. Yeah, well, he he's uh, he's come in. Uh, he's winning a lot of faceoffs, and that's one thing that that uh, the Hawks are doing right now is they've, they've got the advantage on the faceoff So far, this series coming in over 50% in both games, the the trick of, of what they need to do is uh, hopefully they're, they're seeing what, I mean, compared to the the guys in the NHL, uh, I wouldn't c- consider myself an expert like you guys are, but if I can clearly <laughs> see that, you know, they're getting out shot terribly in both games, that means that Vegas is obviously out possessing it. So um, and- those shots aren't all, First chance shots they've got to be rebounds as well so that means getting to more loose pucks and and that's all heart right there yeah um, getting those loose pucks and Jonathan Taves is the best one of the best Whoa. if not the best leader in the game uh today in my opinion so okay. I, I expect him to show up you know light some fires and Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane I don't expect him to stay quiet no, um, to break it no. still, still hasn't scored yet yeah, um, he will. So once, will. you know, there's there's still a lot of weapons that... Uh...
2: Well, and you, and you had Kubelik go off in the beginning of the last series. You know, the thing is, I think one of the big advantages that the Hawks had last series was the fact that they had all the playoff experience and the Oilers did not. You know, now you come up against a Vegas team who went to the Cup, did not win, but they were they were in the Cup, and I mean, they were right there. So right. And you're talking about a very new franchise. A franchise that that came in and you know they got to do their their draft picking whoever they wanted to pick or that was available to them, and you know they it's it's not very often when you see a team come in any league. I mean, you look at the Jags; they're still trying to figure it out, and and they've been in the league for what twenty years now, or twenty five uh, years, or whatever
1: I mean, it is. The closest is probably the Marlins. Mar- you know, they Marlins won within the first ten years.
2: They yeah they won and they dismantled and then the they squad won again twice. This, yeah, right. So I mean, it's it's not very it's. No. No, no 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 no. but yeah but i mean it's not it's not very common at all for that to be something that happens so i mean it, it's it i'll say it's impressive what the the knights have been able to do um i mean aside from the hawks like i i don't know for some reason i kind of latched on to him last year and, and i was kind of paying attention to him more i got a buddy who lives out in vegas and yes, he was we do. he was all about yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah so i mean like he was all about it so i was like all right man i got you i got you so it's impressive what they're being able to do. And I think that's the one thing that the Hawks cannot rest on. Yes, you have the playoff experience. You have the three cups for whoever's left from that team. But Vegas has got some uh, some vets out there, too, who, ha- who have built up their resume as well.
0: Yeah, I think McPhee did a, a, a really nice job with the expansion draft there. You know, you had a bunch of players that were miffed, uh, kind of getting left unprotected by their teams. You know, players that had a lot of a lot of jam and uh, some sandpaper to their game and a lot to play for. And they galvanized real quick. So I think that locker room has a ton of chemistry and uh, some of the pieces that they've added since their first year, I think just, you know, add on top of that. And uh, not only that, they've got an owner there that invests heavily in the team, putting on a great show for their fans and everything. It's real easy to buy in for, when, when you got something like that going on.
1: They have a very a similar culture like the Blackhawks do where, you know, they get the fans involved, the mm-hmm. presentation of the team. Uh, they, 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 the city is really bought in into into having hockey there. I mean, during the national anthem, they yell out, Knights. Yeah. Well, and right, and right. You, you also got to consider the fact
2: that this is the first professional team to play in Vegas. Correct. And they did a fantastic job of, of getting the fans involved. I mean, you know, they're getting the Raiders now. But the Raiders were an established team. This mm-hmm. was a Vegas team. Mm-hmm. Hey Vegas, here's a team for you. And you know, NHL was smart to to get Vegas involved.
0: One one, one quick thing I wanted to touch on that yeah. we kind of forget as well that galvanized that whole city around that hockey team. Is that is that right? Right at the very beginning of that that season that they first started, we had that you know that Vegas shooting tragedy That's and the right. Vegas strong That's thing right. was going on, and uh, that whole city rallied around that team. And, and it's it's something that you know they still hold now that's 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 a tough thing to beat you know when you're, you're got a whole city behind you even though they're playing at Edmonton you know um, right now Hawks fans aren't really too too happy and and uh, it's probably a benefit that they're playing away from the United Center for the Hawks
1: Tom my last question before we let you go thank you for uh, spending some time with us how much did the uh, trade uh, when we traded our defensive, uh, Eric, uh, Gustaf- Gustaferson, I can never say that. Oh, name. Eric Gust- yep. <laughs> Yeah. How, how, how much did that hurt the, the Blackhawks? Uh, especially right now during the playoff.
0: You know, I don't think it did honestly. Okay. I mean, like I said, they, they're stocked up with very similar players. Uh, Adam Boquist kind of, uh, came in and filled his spot and, and he's a very similar player. They're very, very much finesse players. And, um, I, I'd like to see them, um, Bring in maybe some size, uh, a little bit of uh, jam, as I said.
1: Like some, like a bufflin. Bringing uh, a bufflin. Yes. Who who
0: is
2: who is isn't he available right now, or he's he's gonna be available? He's old as dirt. You know
0: what? I'm not sure what <laughs> so? is going on with him. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if he's semi-retired or 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 what that that deal is. So. Yeah,
2: but don't hockey players usually play until they're about fifty-seven years old?
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's just Yager. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, hey, Tom, so we got uh, one last thing I want to do with you here. Here at uh, TCSF Pod, we do a thing called Stirring the Pot, and that's uh, something that's either going to you know piss off one or both of us and we'll kind of <laughs> argue a little bit. Last couple times we did uh, uh, Stirring the Pot, quite literally, we talked about food. But I have okay. uh, something, with, especially with these playoffs going on right now, I have a, an interesting one that is sports-related. Okay. Okay. So here, here's the question, and this and this can apply to any team, okay? Sure. Would you rather uh, this year win the championship, but never ever win another one in your life for that team, okay, or make the playoffs for the next ten years without knowing if you're ever going to win?
1: Oh, I'll take the ten years. Really, I'll take the ten years too. Mm. With without without knowing, that's fine. That's fine. You're saying I, I, without
0: I, without knowing, but it is possible.
1: Right. So we don't know the outcome for 10 years. So I'm going to go with you, Tom, and take those 10 years. I'd rather be the Atlanta Braves than be the Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I here's the thing is uh and this is just my opinion, uh the style of hockey that the Blackhawks are are uh <laughs> Are playing and the way that they've built their roster it's not something that I want to condone so I don't want them to win with it necessarily I'll be happy if they do obviously for the fans and and for the team any player wants to win it but uh but yeah I, th- I think they need to redo their roster and I th- hopefully you know if, if they don't win it they take a long look at their roster and realize that they need a little bit more dimension to it and then 10 years of playoffs with hopefully a couple scattered scattered in there some championship parades I'll take
2: that. So here's my question. How many World Series did the Atlanta Braves win? <laughs> I'm... Uh, that's, you see, the, the sim, I'm making a big fat goose egg. Yeah, that's okay. That's a big fat goose egg, that's so guess okay. what I'm doing? Thinking... I'm taking the sure thing. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the sure thing because I want to see my team win. I got you. If I never see the Cubs ever win another title, I got to see one or I could just be teased every year. Hey, you guys are great. Oh man, this is no, no shot. I am not sitting there getting teased for 10 years. And then by the time, I, I've seen it too many times. You see these teams that go over and over and over to the playoffs. Look what happened with the Jazz. Hey man,
1: I'd rather beat Tom Brady and make it to the playoffs every year and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But Tom Brady won. That's the difference. But your question said, never said that they're not gonna win. That's
2: no, I, no and that's true but i'm guaranteed a title yeah i'm taking the guarantee i got gotcha. 100% 100% gotcha.
1: we'll agree to disagree
2: yeah that's though that's the whole point all right man so that's been uh that's Tom Geiger hey thanks so much for coming on we we'll, we might uh be touching ba- uh, base with you again because uh we're just trying to figure this out you know what i mean like we're uh, we are
1: we are kids from the city so we didn't get a lot of hockey in yeah. our lives i played floor hockey and i still don't know what icing is
0: <laughs> <laughs> it goes on a cake Yeah, hey, there you go, go, there you go. go. All right, Tom,
2: appreciate it. That's uh, Tom Geiger. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks. All right, everyone, that does it this week for TCSF. Thanks to our guest Tom Geiger for coming on and talking hockey with us. Shout out to Spider-Man, AKA Eloy.
1: (laughs) Spider-Man, oh boy
2: oh man shout out to ronesh jay soto shout out to mike logic and ideal from the all net podcast hopefully eloy doesn't get caught up in that podcast uh catch him every other monday opposite of when ours drops uh check us out on social media check out our brand new twitter you can find us at true shy fans true C H I fans forget facebook instagram youtube spotify and reach out to us in our email. We do want to hear from you guys. Reach us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. Got anything else?
1: You know, I just want to thank our fans, our support that we're receiving from our fans and, uh, and the feedback that we're getting on a weekly basis. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you to all those who have reached out to my personal email or through Facebook or Instagram or on my Twitter. Thank you for supporting us, and uh, we keep uh, improving for your ears, man. We just... You want to be in your ears every week or <laughs> every other week right now let us in let us in all right y'all all right for big g this is rock and
2: until next time be good to each other for the love of sports